turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. In God and through God, we learn to serve others. Romans 14, 16 to 18 puts it very well for us. It says, therefore, do not let your good be evil spoken of, or do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Then verse 18 says, for he who serves Christ in these things, he who serves Christ in what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Or he who serves Christ with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit is acceptable to God and approved by men. Is acceptable to God and approved by men. It is through Christ you learn to serve in righteousness, peace, and joy. It is through him you also learn to serve others in righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen. We learn from Christ. We learn in the house of God. We learn in the presence of God how to serve others. In serving him, we learn to serve others. And if we do that, we will serve in righteousness, peace, and joy. And we will be acceptable to God and approved by men. So we have greatness in the sight of God and the sight of men. Praise God. Hallelujah. You are safe to serve. You are safe to serve God and serve others. You are also saved to save others. You are saved to save others. You are saved to be a savior of others. Or you are blessed to bless. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are rescued to rescue others. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, you want to share him with others. So this is not just a good thing to do. This is why God saved you. He saved you so that you can serve him. It's not just a good thing to do. It is the reason God saved you so that you can save others. What does it mean to serve? What does it mean to serve? To serve means to perform duties or services for another person or an organization. To present something to someone. To assist. To help. To aid. To do something. To obey. To work on something or to work for somebody. So, to serve God means to perform duties for God. To assist or help God. That sounds somehow, hmm? to assist or help God, as if God needs help. Isn't that something? God says, help me. Hmm. So, to serve God means to present something to God, to perform duties for God. It also means to obey God. It means to work for God. You know, out of all that definition or description, I think I prefer to serve God means working for God. To serve God means working for God. When you serve God... You work for him. Serving God means more than working for God. So you are saved to serve means more than you are saved to work for God. 
When you serve God, you live for him. When you serve God, you live for him. Serving God means living for God. So it's more than working for God. It's actually living for God. Serving God means more than working for God. Actually means living for God. It means God is your life. So in a sense, the title of this message could be changed from you are saved to serve to you are saved to live for God. You are saved to live for God. And you know that scripture very well in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us because we conclude that if one died for all, then all are dead or all died. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Basically, what that is saying is that if you are condemned to die and somebody comes around and says, you kill me, now take me, I will take his place and you are let go and this person dies for you. Will you just walk away as if nothing happened? No, you won't walk away as if nothing happened. Amen. That event, that will stick with you for the rest of your life. And you will forever remember the person who saved you, who released you. And even if the person did not tell you anything, you want to live for the one who died for you. But Jesus, who did this for us, said to us, live for me. Amen. Basically, it is his life now that we live. We live for him who died for us. So when you serve God, you live for him. Serving God means living for God. What does it mean to live for something? If someone asks you, what do you live for? What will be your answer? What do you live for? How will you answer that? This is a pointed, potent question. And if somebody were to ask you, I'm sure they are not just asking you casually. They're asking you to get a, a response. Some people will think about this question and with some sense of wisdom, they will say, um, no, I'm not going to give you an answer because it touches their heart. And they say, no, it's a personal thing because just thinking about it, they realize that, hmm, what, what do I live for? What am I living for? And it's like what they could say is not really tenable. So they say, it's a personal thing. Don't worry about it. No, don't bother me. So they won't answer. Some people will say, oh, I live for myself. Oh, I live for my family. The truth is, many times what we live for is an open-ended thing or it's an open thing. It's quite obvious. It shows. What we live for shows in what we spend our time on, what we spend our money on, or what is mostly on our mind on our, and on our mouth? What you think and talk about most of the time. So what you spend your money on will reveal what you live for. What you spend your time on will reveal what you live for. What is mostly on your mind and on your mouth, what you think and talk about will also show what you live for. You are saved to serve. That's what the Lord is speaking to us on. You are saved to work for God. You are saved to work for God. And much more than that, like we said, you are saved to live for him. 
who or what you live for is really the question. Who or what you live for is really, really the question. Do you live for money? Do you live for a career? Do you live for pleasure? Or do you live for others? Or do you live for success? And the scripture says, if all these things will be destroyed, what manner of man ought you to be in all holy conversation or holy life and godliness? Because all these things will be destroyed. If you live for money, money will be destroyed. You're not even going to take anything with you. Whatever it is that you live for, except God, is nothing really. Will disappear. Will be destroyed. So what do you live for? You live for pleasure. It doesn't last long. You live for others. Before you know you, they are gone. You live for yourself. Huh? You live for your career. Before you know you, they fire you. You live for success. It can disappear in a day. You live for your family. Huh? You never know. You may not see them another day. It's only God that remains. It's only God that sticks around. It's only God that doesn't change. Any other thing that you live for changes, disappears. So what do you live for? And as the scripture says again, if all these things will be destroyed, if all these things will disappear, what manner of man ought you to be? It should inform how you live your life, that you live your life for God. So you are saved to serve means you are saved to work for God. But much deeper than that, much greater than that, better than that, that, you are saved to live for God. You are saved to live for God. Amen. See, the strategy of God has always been to use man to save man, to use some to save others. When God called Abraham out of Mesopotamia, he called him out to serve him so that he might use him to save others. We see this in Genesis 12, 2 to 3. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And in you or through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What is God saying here? I'm going to use you to bless others. You will be my hand and my feet. You'll be my eyes. You'll be my fingers to bless others. When Jesus was on earth, he was the hand and feet and, no, the fingers of God to bless others. And even before he left, he gave his disciples the same authority and say, you go and do the same thing. You be my hand and my feet. I can't be everywhere. But you can go everywhere and represent me. So God is saying to Abraham in Genesis 12, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing to others. And that verse 3 says, In you, through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I'm saving you to save others. I'm blessing you to bless others. When God called Israel out of Egypt, he called them out for the same reason, to serve him so that he might use them to serve others or to save others. 